Right. All good, ready to go? Yeah, just grabbing my water. <laughs> it's just left. <laughs> That's it, yeah, ready to go. Bye. Yeah, ready to go, just hear this distant voice in the background. Nah, nah, not doing it anymore. We're all good. Maybe that's how we should start. Uh, you know what? I literally was going through my head is like, this could be like the little pre-intro thing. <laughs> God's sake. Perfect way to open it. Perfect way. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Redcast. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Troy, but I'm known on YouTube as Red Archer Live. And in this show, I'm going to be bringing on a variety of guests and talking about a whole range of things. And each episode is going to center around that guest and their work, their interests and everything in between. The current plan with this show is I'm going to be publishing episodes every two weeks and they'll be available on both my YouTube channel, Red Archer Live, as well as Spotify under the name of The Redcast. But the episodes will also be available 48 hours early for my patrons and if you fancy checking out the Patreon to see these episodes early, that'll be on www.patreon.com forward slash Red Archer Live with capitals for Red Archer and Live. But with that being said... Let's get into our debut episode, and our guest for today is no stranger to this channel. He's a fantastic voice actor known as Vernon Locke in Payday 2, and with acting credits in Return of the Obra Dinn, Chernobylite, and so much more, as well as just being an all-round lovely man. It's the British voice himself. It's Ian Russell. How are you doing, Ian? <laughs> Morning, Troy. Oh, is that what's you up too uh, much there? <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I've been called many things, but lovely is not one of them. For context, he didn't know what my intro was going to be there, in case that wasn't obvious. <laughs> a lovely man. A lovely man. It sounds like something out of, uh, I don't know, uh, Last of the Summer Wine or something. <laughs> it does, actually. But it's true. It's true. Because we've had we've had quite a few interactions previously. I mean, we have for this yeah. channel alone, I mean, you've helped out is with six videos, I think, now. Six videos and live streams. I mean, because the first thing you did for us was, for us, like I'm some kind of uh, business, the first yeah, thing you did for the channel was the yeah. yeah, the trailer stuff, I remember, getting you to do voice lines for some trailer yeah. edits I did. That was the first, that was roughly the first interaction we had, I believe. I think we spoke a bit before that, though. It's possible. It's possible. It's been, I, I, it's been know, a while now, to be fair, hasn't it? Um, well, when I say it's possible, it's because, you know, I'm, I'm not the youngest person in the world, and I do <laughs> tend to forget. <laughs> I'm only 21, and I forget things, like, quite a lot. It worries me, because if I'm forgetting a lot of things now, then in 20, 30, 40 years' time, I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> well, it, it is, of course, one of the big advantages of being a voice actor rather than any other kind of actor, mm. because you don't generally have to learn the lines. That's true. You haven't got to, re you haven't got to remember anything, which, which is... Uh, you know, a, a big positive for me. <laughs> that does help, yeah, because you've got all the prompts in front of you, exactly, yeah. It does help a little bit. But um, but yeah, so we've done a few trailer things. You've been on quite a few live streams and getting you to just chat about voice acting as well as play some Payday as well at times. That's been a great time. That's been yeah, a good laugh. Yeah, you've actually got me playing Payday. I know. And that's astonishing. It was, like, but it, it was it was very well received and I really have enjoyed it. So, I mean, I think that's what matters at the end of the day, really. Um, as long as everybody's having fun, that's all I'm really worried about. Exactly, exactly, that's all that matters. So, let's start off, just generally, how are things for you right now with the current situation? You know, I mean, with everything going on in the world right now, how how have things been different for you as a voice actor? Um, with respect to the whole, you know, you've got to stay at home, self-isolate, and you can't go anywhere because of the coronavirus, is that what you mean? Primarily that, yeah. Yeah, well, of course, I work from home um, don't go out and don't meet anybody anyway. So uh, from that point of view, not a great deal has changed from me. Um, but uh, I, I think what has happened is in in the voice acting world, let's take that first since that's my primary thing, 
um, is that there are a lot of people casting voices that previously would not have considered um, talent with with home studios because yeah. they're based in a large city in LA, in London, in Paris, places like that. Uh, and they would call talent to their studio to record, um, you know, to have complete control over the whole recording process. But because their studios weren't allowed to have anybody in them and they still needed to to produce content for their clients, they were looking for people who had, you know, quality at home setups. And I think one of the one of the shocks to the industry as a whole was all these very well established voice actors who were doing all their work in studios in major cities suddenly were trying to pivot and create home studios. Mm. It created an opportunity for people like me who've invested thousands and thousands and thousands of, of dollars into our home studios to make them as good as they can be. Uh, and and suddenly I'm ahead of those people. So the people that are established and going to XYZ studio in London, uh, suddenly I've, I'm, I've got one up on them because I'm set up and ready to go and they're not. Um, uh, so I've picked up work uh, from from large city casters and I've picked up new agents. Uh, so that just increased my opportunity in a way. It's perfect, yeah, because uh, you had the lockbox, didn't you? I have, still have the lockbox. In yeah. fact, the lockbox made a, a brief uh, a brief appearance on Twitter this week. Um, my, my wife bought me a camo mask. To, for, so when I do go shopping, I can wear a camo mask. So... <laughs> So, so I put that on in front of the lockbox and and uh, asked the Twitter community, locks Twitter community, uh, what they thought of my new uh, my new fashion accessory. So, oh, that's perfect. But yeah, I mean, because obviously, because you had that setup, that's made life a lot easier for you. For the video listeners on YouTube, I'll put a picture of it on screen now. For the audio listeners, it's it is literally it looks almost just like a bit like a padded cell. It's fantastic for voice acting. It looks amazing. Well, it is. I mean, it's, you know, industry, industry standard, I suppose. Um, there are probably th half a dozen major manufacturers of these, you know, uh, put them up, take them down boxes um, in the world. And uh, so this one is uh, plug, 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 a whisper room, um, uh, which, which are based, they're, they're based in Tennessee. So that's only like one state over from me. Uh, but there's a you know other other booth manufacturers are available. Um, yeah, we're not we're not currently sponsored, and I'm not sure whether anyone will actually reach out to sponsor this podcast. Well, so. how, many, <laughs> how, many, how many of these listeners suddenly want to go out and spend multiple thousands of dollars on a highly compressed, dense mass padded cell? You hey, know? you never know. There might be someone out there. Well, there might. <laughs> there might well be. There might well be. Yeah. Depends whether you've got any uh, aspiring voice actors listening. Well, uh, yeah, I, but I also had to wait to get one because because I do a fair bit of, of dramatic work, you know, video games principally, you do, whilst your head has to remain relatively still in front of the microphone, you do need still to, to move your body. And if you could, if we were on video, you'd see me waving my arms around right now because I'm demonstrating to myself inside my booth what I do when I'm in my booth. Um, so a, a, a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, narrators who who don't do this kind of high energy stuff will have a very small booth, maybe three foot by three foot, you know, just enough to open the door, sit down in front of a little desk and walk out, which is great for narration, you know, n no problem with it. Yeah. But 
um, clearly the bigger your box gets, the more expensive it is. But so I bought a six foot by four foot box. So it's a small room in itself. Like a little um, panic room in your house. It has doubled as a panic room. Um, we had we had an evening, um, I don't know, two or three months ago, where uh, we had some big storms coming through uh, with uh, hurricane warnings attached. Oh, God. And about, um, so in, in America, when there's a hurricane in your area, everyone is linked up to some kind of emergency thing and your mobile phone it doesn't literally explode but it goes and you go oh my you know two o'clock in the morning oh yeah because yeah wasn't didn't something happen in hawaii where where one went off by accident and everyone everyone freaked out i can't remember what it was there was i think it was like a nuclear threat or something but everyone's phones went off in i i'm pretty sure it was hawaii Someone will be able to correct yeah. us if it was, but it was it was it was an accident and it wasn't meant to go off. But everyone lost their minds about it, and I've never I'd never seen anything like that before. Like that that was completely new to me. We don't have that, as far as I know, in the UK or anything even near it. Um, uh, I don't know either. But anyway, we do have hurricane warnings, um, and the first one was around two o'clock in the morning. Hmm. So, so in my little six foot by four foot padded cell, we had uh, me, my wife, the two kids, and the dog. Um, crouched on the floor with the door shut uh, because it's effectively that you know if 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 a hurricane touched down sorry tornado I'm talking about hurricanes sorry tornadoes tornadoes mm. not hurricanes tornadoes which are, of course I guess more like more localized I was going to say you wouldn't really want either of them anyway but yeah <laughs> but we have had some tornadoes touch down you know quite close mm. uh, in fact I tell a story um, I yeah I'm not sure which one of them one of the recent heists. Um, uh, what was the what was the one two 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 heists ago? Was that Saint Martin Bank for payday two? Yeah, the San Martin Bank heist. Yeah, yeah. So I was in the box recording the San Martin Bank heist lines with folk from Starbreeze in Sweden, uh, and my phone buzzed, and it was it was a tornado warning, touchdown. Oh dear! And, uh, I I know, and I opened. I opened the booth door just to see what was going on and the dog was in in the studio part of the room and she was there with her ears up but not particularly panicking and you could just feel this little rumble through the floor oh god and I'm like, oh okay and the guys at starbury said do you need to stop you know are you safe <laughs> yeah and i was gonna say like what cover? do you say to them you're you like know? oh i just got a text saying there's a tornado coming uh, can we just put a pause on this for a minute right but so what I said to her was, so I said, well, okay, well, let's let's save what we've got in case the electrics go out, you know, which is possible in these circumstances. So I saved yeah. the, the the session file. Um, we were probably, I don't know, two hours in or something. I forget how long. Um, and then I said, let's just carry on because the booth is probably the safest place in the house anyway. So we might as well just carry on. So I literally recorded those lines um it, it, during a, a a tornado and mm. and as it transpired that rumbling i heard through the floor was the tornado touching down literally within a quarter of a mile of my house oh god so 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 yeah so um there's a like a main road um which is at the end of our road uh, and it, the tornado went down that road for about a mile uprooting very large trees and causing significant um you know 
damage to you know businesses. Um, so so it was actually very very close, um, but in the booth, all I felt was a slight rumble um, in the audio. Blimey, it's crazy, isn't it? How the how the how different it can be. Just like like literally a quarter of a mile away. That is insane. Yeah, well, it also shows how safe the booth is. I mean, it weighs physically, like not not metaphorically, a ton, but it actually weighs. I think it's like a thousand pounds of weight. It's a ton. Blimey. So it would be quite difficult to pick up and move. I mean, I'm sure a tornado could do it, but the the re- the real reason is, you know, the the walls of the booth are are very dense. They're they're the, the mass is one of the main factors in in controlling audio. Uh, so if a tornado touched down and were to smash all the windows in we would be safe from the flying glass that's yeah that's really the, the, the main reason why it's the safest place really no, that makes sense i mean it's just it's just handy to have something like that anyway i mean see it seems like it's doubling as more than just you know a, a bit of a an advantage in these situations because like, as you said a lot of the voice actors don't have home setups in in this sense and then also you've got the protection in case something like that happens so mm-hmm. And I can't use it in a panic room. I can lock it from the inside, so I could run in and lock it. Wow! So yeah, literally, it's it's a it's anti tornado. It's a it's a panic room. It's all sorts, and you know, it'd be funny if you if you actually bought it for a different reason to the voice acting and just realised and just went, oh, I could actually do some voice acting in this box. Oh, I might give it. Well, a I go. suppose I suppose there's that reverse, isn't it? That if you were buying a house and it had a panic room. You could go, oh, this would make a great recording studio. Yeah, literally, you could. You could easily do that. There's probably someone out there who has done that. Probably. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, there's, a guy, there's, there's a guy in the UK who has a studio that I've used a couple of times when I've visited. Um, and he's, um, I don't know if he's bought it or he's renting it, but it's an ex-nuclear um, uh, bunker. Wow. Okay. <laughs> So you go in. You go in through this blast door. When you go into a stu- into the building, you go through a blast door to get to where he is. It's quite cool. Jeez, that is really cool. That's one of the, that, that is a pretty cool place to get set up. To be fair. Yeah, and not a million miles away from where you live. So <laughs> maybe I'll go check it out then. <laughs> I, oh god! I give you his number privately. I'm not going to announce it on air. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, just yeah, it just gets spammed with cold calls. No, let's not have that. But no, that that, that is so cool. Yeah, it's all very Fallout, isn't it? I love it, honestly. Yeah, oh, yeah I don't know. It is, it really is. Um, yeah, but, if you needed to hide from a zombie apocalypse, it'd be quite a good place too. That would also be a very good place. I mean, yeah, and they'd it, never it, figure out how to unlock a door with a key, would they? You know, let's face it. That's true. It would also probably be quite well against any uh, any nuclear situations. You know, <laughs> just. Well, I mean, that might be a stretch. You know, I think the gamma rays might get in, but it's not lead line. Hey, come on. Let's 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 have a bit of imagination. Let's let's say it yeah, let's okay. say it would be quite good. Okay, let's let's right. let's pretend. Right. Let's pre- pretend. I'll, as, I'll as, go as, out uh, and buy a hundred square feet of lead lining and put it in the booth. How's that? Perfect. Sounds good. <laughs> That's a good plan. <laughs> oh my god. Outside, oh, honestly. Now, um, something that we've not t- touched on too much, I don't think, in the past, is the the connection that actually you and I have um, more as as like a, as a question of locality because you actually grew up very very close to where i live um uh i i moved to close to where you live after college ah right yes okay a more accurate statement um and uh uh, so i had i had um i had done a bit of acting at school 
Mm. Uh, and then I'd kind of not done any acting. And then when I moved to uh, where you are, um, the people I was lodging with, one of the daughters was interested in going down to the local uh, amateur theatre group. Yeah. And uh, so her and her friend wanted to go, but they were a bit shy. Uh, so this was the younger daughter. So the older daughter uh, said, I'll go with you to, you know, because she was a bit more extrovert, um, yeah. you know, to help out. And then she asked me, if because I was new to the area, uh, would I like to go? So, um, uh, what, so her and I, so the elder daughter and I went to support the younger daughter and her friend who were most interested. Oh. And it just turned out they were having uh, auditions for a, for a play that evening when we went. Uh, so we all auditioned and the elder daughter and I got cast as the male and female leads. <laughs> <gasps> oh my God. What did the, what did the younger sister get? Um, get cast for did she get they a role get oh didn't she oh no <laughs> oh no i cannot imagine how that conversation would have gone and and so that that was i suppose in a way that was where my we'll call it proper acting experiences started was was almost by accident if they hadn't been going to do that i might not ever have gone blimey not interesting Little, little... That, that's the thing it's like how 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 big changes can occur from just like the littlest things like that yeah yeah well and you i don't know if you know this as well but the reason i or the, the my route into voice acting well there is a link to uh to the area as well in the so later you know two or three years later i'm now along with two other people running the theater group mm. you know the big cheese as it were um, but one of our people was uh, worked at the local radio station. Okay. Um, so can I mention large cities? Yeah, of course you, you can. To, yeah. I don't know how secret you want the geography to be. No, like um, we were just we were just saying before this episode started that like where I live specifically has never really been mentioned because you know I value privacy. But like I I've only ever said northwest of England, but you can name cities. Like I don't think the FBI are going to come tracking okay. me down. Okay. Hopefully All right. So, anyway. so we're in the north. So that's now told us we're in the northwest. So yes. Um, uh, so uh, one of our members. I mean, this is back in the late '80s, early '90s, something like that. But mm. one of our members was a journalist for Radio City in Liverpool. Okay. And if you go and look on the internet, you'd be able to tie the year down. But uh, when Paul McCartney bought the the old school that he went to school at and turned it into the Liverpool Institute for Performing Arts into Lipper. Yeah. He he recorded he pre-recorded an interview. Um I don't know if it was solely available through Radio City, but uh, Radio City certainly played it. And rather than just playing it and have some journalist pretend they're asking questions, they decided they were going to make it more dramatic and have inverted commas one of Paul's old teachers commenting on on their relationship with Paul McCartney at the school and so I was the teacher in that interview wow so so back then whenever that was so there's there's an interview knocking around I think I have an old magnetic cassette tape of it oh my god I really hope it is around somewhere online uh, of a of an interview in which I am Paul McCartney's teacher 
saying things like, oh, that McCartney, he'll never come to anything, always messing around with a guitar, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and then Paul McCartney talking about being at the school and how he would always get in trouble with the teachers because he wasn't concentrating on his schoolwork and things like that. So so, uh, so that's knocking around somewhere. That's my first, I would say that's my first ever voiceover job. Um, oh, that's fantastic. I mean, that's a pretty good way to start, to be fair. Yeah, well, I'm, I didn't get paid for it. I was just helping out a mate, you know. If I'd have known what I know now, I might have had a different conversation with him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, so that's how, how that all started. With a quick um, Google, the construction started at Lipper in 1990, apparently. Okay. Um, so, and the so school it itself probably... opened in 96, apparently. Oh, okay. Okay, well, it was more likely, like, 95, 96 then when I did that, more mm. likely, because I'm sure it was when it was opening. 1996. I'm just going to see if I can get it to appear. It's very unlikely, but just a quick little Google here. I want to see if I can find it, because well, that's ra- fantastic. Well, Radio City's interview archive, oh, I don't know. I don't know whether they'd have it, but I know somewhere it'll be buried, But it's because, you know, it's... Well, if you, you try if hard you really enough. feel like it, you can go and see if you can find it after that. I mean, don't we don't need to, you know... Yeah be buried somewhere but if I, if I can find it i will uh i will share it at the relevant places because i uh i think i'd be very impressive to give it a listen i really would um but yeah i mean that was... yeah, yeah, no i've no real recollection of what it sounded like well it might might be nice for you it might be a bit of a bit of an embarrassing thing i don't know i mean i listened to some of my old videos from like six years ago another cringe. embarrassing thing as well is Locke's original uh audition file which i do still have oh my god I, I, someone someone asked about it you know uh, how do you how did you get the part of lock you know that's a question that gets asked yeah and the answer is you know it was there was a casting notice and i auditioned for it along with other people and 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 they decided to choose me you know it's as it's as random as that but I, I, when that question was asked i actually thought i wonder if i can find that so i went and dug around and i found the file and i listened to it and i was horrified <laughs> it couldn't have been that bad surely i mean they picked you well indeed indeed it made me think i'll tell you what it made me think it made me think that the other ones must have been really really bad oh god <laughs> no i just really want to listen to it like you've really piqued my interest now if i unless i am never going i'm not putting it up so that it can see the light of day i can tell you that oh I'm, I'm embarrassed now, it. Ian. I'm disappointed. I'm embarrassed by it. If I, if, I, I, if I was recording auditions now for something like that, what I submitted for that audition, I would not submit. Really? Really. Well, did, so did you do like the South African accent and everything? It was still like nailed down yeah, in that area. So it, was, so it was advertised as mercenary for video game. Okay. So the the name of the character was not mentioned and the name of the video game was not mentioned and the name of the video game studio was not mentioned. Mm. So it's not and that's not unusual with video games. A very uh, most studios are very paranoid about uh, leaks of of information about about upcoming content and games. Yeah. So that's not unusual. Uh, so and, it, and somewhere in there it said they wanted a South African accent so I did my very bad impersonation of a South African accent <laughs> yeah one which I've tried in the past and you've railed me for 
No, I wouldn't do that, would I? Never. Oh, you did it <laughs> repeatedly live. I remember people got me to try and do the, the like the lock voice, and I tried my best. And I remember you just going, "That was awful. Don't ever do that." It's <laughs> just like I was thinking, "Oh, you could at least be a bit constructive," but you I'm were just like, "Nope, nope, nope." Comic effect, Troy. That's why you know I wouldn't be unkind. I'm a lovely man, remember? Yeah. Well, you know, everyone has their down days. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, so, I don't so, know. So, so yeah, so so the, yeah, getting getting the role of Locke, I, I'm I'm I feel very blessed with that, you know, because I don't think that my audition was all that great. Mm. But I mean, you, I, I, look where it's led to now. So I mean, you ask yourself if you changed any of it, maybe would you got it? And the thing I wonder is like, you know, who else applied? You know, is that like was it or were there any like you know. I don't want to say this without sounding disrespectful, but were like any really big names that got turned down in in favour of you? I wonder what who else had applied. I know that's not a question we can answer, but it's I, something that I, I think yeah, about. You know, yeah, to me, I, I can't possibly answer. I would suspect not, because of the place in which the audition was was submitted. I, okay. I, so it didn't come, for example, it didn't come through an agent. Ah, right. Okay. It came from a more open, like, online casting portal. We um, want you kind of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, what happens is that, that whoever wants a voice for something, they can go to these online casting sites and they can just, you know, fill out, a, a, a like, the equivalent of a of an online form mm. and, and post it. It generally doesn't cost the casting agent anything to post it. Um, and anybody can apply and if you fit the specifications you can have a go and this was back in the day i was only i had only been what i would call a professional voice actor for maybe a year yeah i was very new to the industry and 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 in in that in that environment i would uh naively in many ways uh audition for all sorts of things that i'm sure i was totally unsuited for but you just want to get your name out there, I would imagine, wouldn't you? you? Just, well, it's not about getting your name out there. You want to get your voice out there. Voice, yes, people, of course. As many people to hear it as possible. You know, it's like throwing brown stuff at, at walls and seeing how much sticks. And, <laughs> and, we're talking and, about Cadbury's there, obviously. Yeah. Not sponsored. Yeah, we're talking about, we've, we've, if you imagine we've we've taken a huge bar of, of you know, chocolate. Of, of non, non-sponsored chocolate, yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we can do this all day. Other brands exist. Other online, parts, you know, other booth suppliers exist. Um, and and you put it in a microwave for no more than about five, seven seconds, just to soften it a little bit, and and then you throw it a wall. Oh God, don't! That's, I did that when I was a kid. Once I put I put chocolate in a microwave. That's literally. Oh, very nice micro- uh, motorcycle going past. Oh, very much. Thank you very much for interrupting the podcast. Very nice of them. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, when I was a little kid, I remember I did that oh, for. Oh, th- there was yeah, it probably imagine if it was. <laughs> oh my god! But no, um, I can't remember. It was for some kind of homework, and I think I was like nine or something. But we had to do something with food, and I couldn't remember what it was. But I, in my infinite wisdom, decided I'd put a bar of unsponsored chocolate into the microwave. I don't know why I'm ramming home the unsponsored joke, but we're just going to keep going now. And I literally left in for about a minute and the microwave nearly exploded. And you've literally just brought that memory back to the top of my head now. And I just feel no no end of shame, especially now I've just said it in a podcast. The, 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 the initial <laughs> question I have is at that age, did you, I mean, was it one of these ones that has a foil wrapping around it, which clearly would not work well. <laughs> you know, microwave <laughs> and foil don't, 
I do the remember taking it out of the foil. I'm pretty sure I took it out of the foil and put it on a plate. But then again, I, I put it in a microwave. So, I mean, I don't really think I can apply a lot of logic at this point. Uh, so you had <laughs> chocolate splatter. Oh, God, it was a nightmare. It just started making loads of really loud noises. And I was like, um, I'm not sure it's supposed to be doing this. <laughs> yeah, pop, pop, pop. Oh, God, so honestly. Oh, the nested yeah. memories. Thanks for bringing that one back up. That's all right. My pleasure. <laughs> oh, but but no, so something else I was going to I was going to say about, obviously, because of the connections we have and because you did, like, as you said, you, you moved near the area to where I live. You mm. at one point. But the reason we met was that you one point came back there to, to see a few of your friends and and you you gave me a bit of heads up and you said, I'm going to be at this location if you want to you want to swing yeah. by and say hello, which was yeah. very good. I got a picture as well for people on YouTube. I mean, I say for video listeners, but obviously right now it's pretty obvious if you're watching this on YouTube, there isn't actually uh, video camera footage. It's because I'm getting a, <laughs> a very a very nice setup going. Um, I, I've got a nice little uh, background I want to get set up, but it's not currently working, so I don't want anything low budget. So we stuck for audio. But for people on YouTube, there'll be a picture now of the first time that myself and Ian met. And I mean, I think what was dead funny about that was that, I mean, obviously I knew what you looked like, but I'd only seen like your face and a bit of like like you in the fatigue. So I was still like, I, I, I don't know whether it was some kind of like anxiety type thing, but I was thinking like, if I see someone that looks like it and I get this wrong, I'm going to be horrified. And I remember going <laughs> in, going into the pub, seeing you at the back of it with all your mates. And I stood, I remember standing by the table where there's like, because there must've been about a dozen people there, something like that. There were quite a lot of people. And I remember <laughs> you sat there, because you had a beard at the time as well. Which I don't think helped as well. Yeah, because I hadn't seen I you clean. Yeah, I hadn't seen you with a beard. So I was <laughs> I was looking at you, going, "Is that in?" Like that kind of like half recognizing face you pull when you're like you kind of know someone but you're I, not I sure. Remember the slightly confused look on your face. Yeah, I think someone next to you was like, "Who who who's this?" And I just went, and I was literally just went, "Ian," like as if to go, "Is that you?" It, it, I, I don't know if you can hear this in the background, but it, it sounds like the dog is killing someone. <laughs> I could hear a couple of growls. To be fair, yeah. Oh um, god! But that was yes, hilarious. Yes. And, oh. and, um, my, my friends were very, very generous in that they came and talked to you as well. Some of them. I know that was that was what I thought was so strange. Like I thought it'd just be like a quick, oh hello, but it was like almost like you kind of tried to like ingratiate me for a good ten minutes. And I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. But yeah, that was a, that was a very cool thing. It. Yeah. <laughs> well, and all those, uh, apart from one, all of those people were ex-theatre um, people. Mm. Uh, people I had been on stage with and such like uh was one of them the uh, older sister <laughs> sorry say that again was one of them the older sister from the story no imagine if it not. would have been oh my god that would have been brilliant sadly not no she no i've lost contact with her oh it's such a shame oh but, but um uh let me think about this um I, I don't know if you can remember but there's a uh, a husband and wife um uh who were there yeah who were in that show oh wow um and they met at the theater um when they were teenagers late teenagers and they are still married oh you love it you love to see it that's lovely it's fantastic but well so the joke goes he said to her would you like to go out? And she said to him, who with? <laughs> oh my God, I really hope that's not true. No, <laughs> it's true. It's a true story. It's a true story. 
did he then actually like did he stand his ground and actually say with me or did he go because uh... <laughs> if that was me I, 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 I'm just... pretty sure he said with me and she probably said no probably something like that such such are you know these uh, long standing established relationships formed yeah, I don't, I don't, if someone did that to me, I don't think I'd be able to take it. I'd be like, oh, no, no, because you just immediately think, is that you trying to say no in a, in a nice way? I, I don't think I'd be able to do it, so <laughs> good on him for being brave enough to follow it through, because I don't think I could have. I, I, I mean, he, he was, I think, deeply in love with her before perhaps she was deeply in love with him. Okay. Shall we say, right? you know, he was besotted. You know, but he was a teenager, you know, and as a teenager, you get besotted. You do. And and she was a teenager and she was like, you know, He's go on, right. let's just go out for a drink, right? You know? <laughs> oh, just like, he's all right. Why not? Go on, have a laugh. You know, I don't oh. think a long-term 50-year serious relationship was in her thoughts at the time. <laughs> if it was, I think it'd be a bit concerning, to be honest with you bit too ahead of no, herself but uh they're a lovely couple and i'm very grateful for their friendship well it was it's just nice to meet everyone but that that wasn't even the, the only time we met because we met again a few months after that i can't remember quite how long it was afterwards but uh oh, probably a year i think it might have been about a year by that point yeah because obviously well not obvious for everyone else for us it is but for everyone else what happened after that was uh ian then asked me to make a talent reel for his yeah. for, for him to put out to share all his uh his voice acting roles, etc. I don't know anybody, and I'm like, who can I? Who who might be able to do this for me? <laughs> oh, don't you? I thought I was flattered to begin with. It was like the first person, you know. You just sat there thinking, who do I know? I suppose Troy might be able to put something together competent, maybe. Well, I think what it was. <laughs> so you had put together. Um, was it the Avengers it one? Was, was it the Marvel? Yeah, the Payday Endgame Endgame. one, where you did the voice lines. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was the one. Um, uh, and I thought you did a good job with that. And I thought, well, he can edit oh, videos thanks. together. I'll ask him. And <laughs> <laughs> and the rest, as they say, was history. But um, history. but yeah, I remember because yeah. I think that was what you said. It was like, I'm coming back into the UK. And because you've done that, you offered to buy me a drink. And I just went, well, I don't really drink a lot of alcohol. So you can buy me an orange juice because I'm an tragic like that. Yeah. I offered you a packet of crisps and you didn't want them either. I mean, it's like, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, did, I didn't want to extort you in. <laughs> Oh no, but that was lovely. Pay for itself. So. Yeah, but I mean that was, but that was the thing. So obviously, because in case it hadn't been obvious by this point, because you don't actually live in the UK anymore, you're based in South Carolina, isn't it? That's right. That is. I, I really, if I'd have got the wrong Carolina, then I, I would have just ended it here and there out of embarrassment. Been, Some the podcast would have been over. That would have been over. It would never have seen the light of day. <laughs> Are you going? Yeah, just literally, I'd be gone. I'd be gone. You, I'd just leave you to host it for the next half an hour or so. Just let you just talk about whatever you want. I'd be gone. I'd, be, I'd just have gone. Yeah, that'd just, be it. Just make up stories. Um, but that's that's the question I've got for you because um, obviously because now you're the British family. Because did you meet your wife in the UK or was did you meet her in America? No. You met her in no. no. Keep guessing. You'll never get it. No, I won't get it. Go on. You you tell me. We met in Holland. Okay. Because I know she has an Instagram account because she both posts quite a lot of British things on there. Like, I'm pretty sure Brits is in her username. So what I would say is, what I want to ask you is, as someone who's now living abroad in America, what, what do you miss about living in the UK in particular? Like, what quintessential, like, quintessential, oh, that's a, that's a nice word. What quintessential British things do you miss? Um, 
Well, I think I think early on you probably miss more than you do later on. Yeah. You know, I mean, things, obvious things like I can't pop round and have a cup of tea and a chat with my mum. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, technology has moved on such that actually we can connect by some kind of, you know, video link and we can sit and have a natter with a cup of tea. And, you know, it's not quite the same as being in the same room, but it's not far off. Is the tea as good, though? Well... (laughs) (laughs) Other tea brands are available. Um... (laughs) You see, this is the thing, because I felt like whatever you said that that became like really British, like a new tea drinker would come up, and I just go, I don't drink tea. So (laughs) there's that. Well, I do drink. I do drink copious amounts of tea. And this is Um, the thing, most British people do, but I just don't, which makes me feel like I probably should lose my British licence, to be honest. You're clearly not British enough. (laughs) Clearly not. Clearly not. To to misquote another character of mine. (laughs) You're clearly not British enough. Which is uh, Vulture Senior from a kid's show, Badanamu, and he says, you're just not grumbly enough. Oh, I remember you telling me a bit about that, yeah. We had a conversation about that, I remember now. Because you've done yeah, so many yeah. well, different that things. That's going to be a, a nomination as uh, UK Animation Voice of the Year 2020 at the One Voice Awards. Ooh. Uh, so what do I miss? What do I miss? Um, it's really hard because the, the world is so global that mm. you can pretty much get anything you want. You know, it's not that difficult. Mm. But things that, I mean, often it you know food things and drink things are are what is mentioned most. Uh, so, you know, certain cereals, uh, you know, I, so you can't buy shreddies here. <laughs> it's a very specific thing, isn't it? And well, my kids like shreddies, and so we have this thing. So we like them um, with milk and then stood so that they go soggy, you know. Okay. I don't know if this is too much information. No, it's so, not too much. It's just, you know, it's a very specific thing. Well, you asked what we miss. Yeah, true. Uh, I there's, did. There's this, thing about, there's this thing about putting the milk in the shreddies and my youngest daughter telling me that they're not sogged enough. That's an interesting has, uh, little family niche, I suppose. She, she, yeah, she, 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 I'm not eating those. They're not sogged enough. And she'll walk away. Just just flips the ball over, not soaked enough, walks out, not slams enough. the door. Start again. Um, you know, very British things like tea, like Marmite. Did you know there's a world shortage of Marmite at the moment? I did not know that because I don't, I have never, well, I've, I can't say I don't like Marmite because I've never tried it, but I've never cared to try it because I'm a very fussy person. <laughs> you, see, you, you really are not British, are you? I'm not. See, I knew I knew in having this section of the podcast, it would it would end up getting to the point where you would say lots of British things. I would be like, "Don't don't know those, don't have those," and I would just get judged yeah. for it. So yeah. yeah. So 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 marmite being um, uh, a yeast yeast extract is a byproduct of the brewing industry. Mm. Um, uh, I think uh, where they're based, I think it's Burton on Trent. Uh, so Burton's ales, I think that's where it all came from originally, um, and. So as a byproduct of the brewing industry, since the brewing industry isn't producing as much beer because bars have been shut, 
there's not enough by there's not as much byproduct. Oh, true, yeah. See? So there is a global shortage of marmite. Now there seems to be plenty of marmite in the shops in the UK. Um and I guess you you know, but and I, I don't go through marmite, you know, like a jar a week or anything like that. So it's it's not a big issue for me, really. But I do like marmite once in a while. And I go through phases. You know, I'll go, oh, I'll just have a bit of marmite. And then I'll want marmite like several days on to hot butter toast, like for several days on the run. Because I'll think, oh, how did I ever not? Oh, I forgot about oh, I love this. And and then I'll stop for six months and then I'll go back to it. <laughs> um, and it is one of those foods that would survive, you know, a nuclear apocalypse. Ah, it's you all know, coming mar- back together. We're all we're tying it all back together now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a secret jar of Marmite stored in the bottom of corner of my booth just in case there's a nuclear fallout. That is the perfect thing to bring. That's that's um, what you want in a in a nuclear or zombie apocalypse or anything like that. Just yeah. just a big, big fat jar of Marmite. Done. Absolutely. It's very important. Yeah. It's very important. You need to understand these things. You do, you do. And I, I'm I'm now aware, so I will now make sure that I stock up for myself. Uh so I'm yeah. so I'm ready in that, in that situation. It's important. That's good. Um uh, so tea, yeah, I mean there are there, there are so uh I, I can't not mention the brand because it's their brand that they do this with. So Tetley uh have boxes of tea bags here that they call Tetley British tea. Ooh. Which is effectively effectively just a box of Tetley tea bags, you know, <laughs> with British written on the front. <laughs> Um, so, and then you look on the side, made in. Uh, and you look, it's like just oh, like a US probably, state or something. Yeah, probably made by some bloke called Hank up the I ninety five somewhere. You know, I don't know, but Hank um, in like Milwaukee or whatever. Just like, uh, yeah. mm, is that really British though? Mm. I don't know um, why Milwaukee a, was the first state I thought of. A couple of supermarket chains that you'll be low budget supermarket chains that you'll be familiar with in the UK, Lidl and Aldi, have significant chains here in the US as well and they bring a lot of European stuff into their stock so one of the things when I was first moving over here like six or so years ago I was quite worried (laughs) that's like an odd thing to be worried about I was worried about getting good cheese (laughs) (laughs) oh my god essential you know American cheese it's that that you know yellow plastic stuff they put on burgers you know oh Uh, anyway so but i can you know lidl and aldi stock really good english cheddar double gloucester and chives wensleydale all that kind of thing i can get it locally now so i don't have that problem anymore um pork pies you see you can't get a pork pie here because that's a very british thing so i have learned to make a good pork pie that's a plus side then so I make pork pie once in a while. The Ian Russell um, pork pie. Yeah. It could be a whole brand. It could be. It could be. That could, could. be your fallback. <laughs> that's like, that's like your backup I, business I, venture. You know, I, I could say I miss all the rain, but that wouldn't be a, that would be a lie. So do we right now. Like this this heat wave has made me miss the rain. Like literally we I went out yesterday because <laughs> For the last week in the UK, if you don't live in the UK, we have had the most ridiculous heat wave. It hasn't rained in a ridiculous amount of time, and it was well, like, absolutely horrible. Hey. It was, oh, it was longer than that, I think. It was it was just it was horrid. It was hot. It was sweaty. Going outside was was horrid. Staying inside was horrid. A fan wasn't enough. It was just ugh. But then yesterday, I got a phone call saying that a, a package had been left at like um 
at a house down the road that I that apparently they had for a week. I don't know what that was about, but they're like, oh, we've had this package for a week. Do you want to come get it? So I went out and it just started, it literally just started raining and I went, I'm not even going to get a brother. I'm just going to enjoy the rain. And it just hammered down on me. And it was the weirdest feeling of actually enjoying the rain for a change because it had mm-hmm. been so hot for like a week. It's been horrid. So no, like I, I can completely understand missing the rain at this point. I can, yeah. I really can. It's, a, it's an interesting thing that you, I probably don't, you don't think about when, when, you know, unless it affects you. Yeah. So, so we have, you know, weeks and weeks on end of ninety degree plus. You know, whatever that is in new money, twenty five degrees, thirty degree plus uh, uh, weather, and it's uncomfortably hot, and you can't really go out for very long. Mm, and when well, you're locked inside the lockbox, it's even worse. <laughs> well, indeed, indeed. Uh, so, but because it's consistent, you see, heat waves in the UK are not consistent. You might get two or three days, maybe a week, even. You know, that classic mm. British summer is two two sunny days and a thunderstorm. Yeah, it's, <laughs> basically. You don't have weeks and weeks and weeks typically. So mm. guess what? You don't all have. You don't. British people don't all have uh, air conditioning built into their houses. No, they don't. We have we have central heating instead. We've got the opposite end right. of the spectrum. Right. So so when you get a heat wave, you've no way of dealing with it. Mm. Whereas here, every house has well, not every house, but most houses have built-in air conditioning. Which is just it would so, just be so handy. But I, like I get why our our houses like because the the when it gets cold, it gets very cold. So. So well, obviously the, we have the central heating thing. So here's an example of the reverse. I mean, we also have heating, so so when it gets cold, you can put the heating on. That's not a problem. But but the the cold problem, particularly in where where I am in South Carolina, hmm. we don't get we don't get much snow. We don't get much below freezing, you know, weather. But yeah. when you do, and and you you know you get like one snowflake falls randomly on the city, they shut the schools. Blimey. Because they're not set up to deal with ice on the roads. And the people driving in this part of the world on, have no experience, particularly, driving on iced up roads. I learned to drive in Scotland on hard packed ice. You know, I'm, I'm used to it. I know what to do. I still think the British don't really know what they're doing, to be honest, with snow. Like when my school was, when my school would get snowed in, like at times when I was in high school and the the chaos it would cause of people just not being able to drive their cars into a car park and it was only like three inches high or whatever or like less than that i think sometimes like just watching caretakers like pushing cars out of car parking spaces was yeah, just fantastic yeah. no it's it true but you do have you know lorries going around gritting mm. the main road that kind of thing which we just don't have so as soon as everything ices up everything shuts yeah you know and you're like why aren't my kids going to school you know there's 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 frost on the ground you know? yeah it's like oh it's it's our greatest enemy it's the cold <laughs> um, so uh so so you know there's we're not set up the, the the infrastructure here is not set up to deal with ice but it is set up to deal with consistent heat mm. so there you go where was there where did that conversation come from where i have no idea but it? do you know what genuinely this is what this is why i brought you on first this is what i, I said to Ian about this before we started was that like the best person to bring on to start us off is someone that you know you can have a really good conversation with and it, even if it trails off you still get some great stuff out of it so i think that came from the british discussion but it's probably a good point to switch anyway on about the weather I mean, it's a very british thing to do isn't it it is like, like, we've basically without even realizing it, we've done the most british thing possible and just sat and spoke about the weather for five or six minutes like you know you can't get better than that you can't 
that is the, yeah. that is again that that beautiful word that is the most quintessential british thing we can talk about so you know what i'm happy um okay i do want so, to move on so to talking about the weather then that's okay so that gives you a little bit of britishness about you which is okay what do we miss from the uk the answer is not much really because we've learned now either to to make our own version of what we miss um, yeah or you know or or you just move on and you just you don't have it anymore <laughs> yeah no that's fair that's fair <laughs> there's nothing really that you've really sat crying about anymore Whereas there might have no, been at so the start. My, my wife, my wife, we've mentioned her before, she makes scotch eggs. Ooh. And I can tell you, they're really good. <laughs> Is she sat next to you with a gun at your head? No. <laughs> She's just like, tell me about the scotch eggs, hon. Tell me about, no, tell about the scotch no, eggs. It's the truth. It's the truth. She makes really good scotch eggs. Oh, go. no. That's lovely. That is so, lovely. So here's something, no, here's something that we do miss. Here's something that we do miss. Um, is the history okay right so so think you know the the equivalent of like the national trust and being able to go and visit historical buildings you know more than 200 years old that's a good point yeah does america not have a lot of that well the the america that we know and and love if you like the united states of america is only 250 years old that's a fair point um so the ancient history here is if you like uh indigenous tribe history mm. um which is you know not really in one sense taken advantage of you know you can't find it that easily and when yeah. you do it to be a bit kitsch um whereas in the uk you know metaphorically on every street corner you know there's a 600 year old thousand year old building you mm. know steeped in in bloody history yeah i used to love going to a lot of those places as a kid i haven't i don't go to as many as i used to like the, the ian mentioned the national trust it's basically like this company in the uk that looks after a lot of these really old properties there's like there's old houses there's there's mills there's a, and there's a mill i used to love going to it's quite a bit away from me i can't even really remember the, the name of it now but there was this mill oh it's gonna annoy me what was it called uh, quarry bank mill that was it quarry bank mill it was just literally just a little cotton mill and as a kid for some reason i was enamored with going there over and over again and there's loads of little places like that that i just i love to visit so mm -hmm. that would that yeah that would be something i would definitely notice if if i was in america so i can i can and agree with that trust other historical preservation societies exist. yeah there's loads there's loads <laughs> there's well, so English many heritage, so anyway mm. so so we miss that we do miss that mm. But I suppose if you ever come over, then that's one thing you can do. You can make like a nice little day trip out of it and be like, oh, we'll go over, we'll... Oh, yeah. I can tell you. So we might come over for, say, two weeks or whatever, and my wife will have an, in an itinerary of... That's <laughs> you know, the best way to be. Eight castles and stately homes she wants to visit. And, you know, we'll maybe get to see one or two of them if we're lucky, you know. Yeah, but if you plan for a lot of them, you at least get a few in, and then that's nice. Yeah. That's yeah, good. Yeah. That's good. Um... Right, okay, so uh, I do want to move on to something else, but before I do, you mentioned a little bit earlier about uh, being nominated for a One Voice Award, and I wanted to give you a second to, to plug that a little bit, because I think you do deserve the credit. So, what's going on with those? Uh, okay, so there's a there's an, an organisation in the UK called, um, and I don't know why it's called this, but Gravy for the Brain, hmm. and they do, they do voiceover training. That's, that's kind of their thing. 
But um, one of the things they also do is they they run something called the One Voice Awards. Yeah. Which is a industry specific. Uh, it's like the Oscars, if you like, you know, mm. people or BAFTAs, as should we say, that sort of thing. Um, so I think they started three years ago with that. And I kind of ignored it. And then last year, I thought, well, OK, I'll, I'll put a couple of things in. And last year, 2019, I got nominated as Gaming Voice of the Year uh, for my work with the Warhammer Inquisitor Martyr and Inquisitor Prophecy game, the Psyker character. Yeah. And I was also nominated as Voice of the Year, which was surreal, I thought. Yeah, um, and well-deserved, obviously, but still. I'm, I'm, well, thank you, but you know, I'm... <laughs> I'm 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 a British bloke uh, <laughs> in, in the in the middle of metaphorical nowhere, you know, with a box, and my peers in the UK seem to think I'm doing something right, and it was it was very very surreal, um, and in fact, in true melodramatic fashion, um, because I wasn't really it wasn't really on my radar, I'd just sort of thrown some stuff at them. Um, I had a phone call from one of my agents, congratulating me. Hey Ian, congratulations! And I'm like, what for? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she said for your your One Voice Award nominations. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, that's today. <laughs> so I looked, and it was a it was a very emotional moment because it is that that moment where the, your peers recognise that you're doing something right, and that's very nice. Yeah. Um, anyway, so so uh, I didn't win. Um, but I came to the UK for the awards, and uh, that was May last year, and and I, you know it was nice and all the rest of it. Anyway, so then uh, rolling on to to twenty twenty, and I, I was a bit it was a bit more on my radar, so I was a bit more considered about putting my stuff together and submitting, and um, uh, I've been nominated again this year. Yeah. Uh, so what have you been nominated so, this time? Uh, three times this year. Okay. So, uh, voice uh, animation voice of the year, as we mentioned, for uh, Vulture Senior in the kids show Badanamu. Yeah. Um, and uh, gaming voice of the year. Uh, that's for my work in Chernobylite. Okay. Uh, for which I play the main character, at least two of the supporting characters, and twenty odd other characters. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> like 24 characters in the game or something ridiculous um uh ranging from a sort of ukrainian voice to british to american to scottish and all points in between really so it's like a, a much better uh, version of of what uh bethesda did with skyrim because with skyrim they they would bring in like i don't even know like five or six voice actors and get loads into play about 20 different characters but they'd all use the same voice which is like especially if you go back now and you listen to like two characters in like, the same building with the same voice it's strange but yeah, and I was aware of that. I mean, not particularly that game, but I was aware that if my voice was going to be re in the game with multiple characters, in especially with the player characters, yeah, you don't want the player character to turn up in a location and be speaking to themselves. Yeah, exactly. So you've you, you've done it better than Skyrim, and that's something that's some pretty that's pretty good credit you can give yourself there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, who knows? Anyway, so so that, and then I've been nominated as Voice of the Year again. Um, so uh, now, that, that, so that was originally slated to be in May, hmm. but obviously we were all in lockdown, so they they delayed the awards, 
And uh, in fact, they just announced yesterday that they are having the awards on September the 19th, if that's a Saturday. I think uh, it is. Just a month away. Um, so, I, and, and they were, they had delayed it partly because they were hoping still to have a, um, you know, a, an, a, a live in-person event, but circumstances, they, they can't do that. So it's going to be a virtual event. Okay. Um, and uh, lots of different ways they could have done it, but the way they're doing it, I think is the right way. So uh, everyone turns up, nobody knows who's won anything. Um, it'll be completely live, which means it could be a train wreck, but it'll be fun. Do you know so if I it'll be uh, viewable to the public in that case? Uh, well, I think they're limiting tickets. Um, I can't imagine... I can't... I don't know. I don't know if they'll... I can't imagine them streaming. It's not going to be very interesting for most people. That's, I suppose, but I, mean, I, I would certainly get a bit of interest out of watching it, see see what it's like just because yeah. i know about it a bit from you already i think that, that might be why it is for me maybe not for anyone else i don't but... know i i, I don't know I, they've done a couple of virtual conferences and they record everything and then make it available on playback to people who've bought the tickets to the conferences ah, okay they'll do that with the awards it seems a slightly odd thing to do that it seems a bit voyeuristic to have yeah. a copy of, of the thing and watch yourself being nominated or accepting an award yeah it seems seems slightly i don't know i'm not sure i'd want to do that mm. no, that's fair you know, that's fair but i will turn up and and but the same thing you know it's it's a great honor to be nominated mm. in any category it is it's know, fantastic um you know they're shortlisting i don't know 10 people say for for each category um and and so to be put into the inverted commas top 10 you know it's that's that's something it and is. I'm, I'm proud of that and and grateful to the people that do the judging and you know i feel very honored um you know if i win that'd be great but being nominated is is pretty good too gotta tell you yeah nomination alone is fantastic but hopefully you'll at least return with one of the wins this time i would hope but Good luck for it well, then. No, Definitely. You know, I, I don't think you can turn up expecting to win. I don't think Never. that's the, yeah. the right attitude to have. I don't think you can do that. Uh, and and you know that whole imposter syndrome thing. I'm like, I ain't winning. I'm not gonna win. Mm. What do you mean I'm gonna win? What do you mean I can't win? But as someone said to me, well, you, if your name's on the ballot, it clearly you could. You could indeed, exactly. And that's what's important. I think anyone who goes there expecting to win has already lost in a different way. Yeah, that yeah. that was very deep. Oh, that was very deep. Yeah, yeah a bit sort of a you know an arrogant sort of attitude. Yeah. Like I'm the best, and you're the rest of you are all just second to me. You know, I don't think you can do that. Yeah, you're just nominated just to push the numbers up for the nominees. Of course, they want to pick me. Yeah, no, let's not let's not have let's not have you like that. It could be that they only had they only had ten submissions. And they just mm. put them all on the nomination list. I would like to think that probably wouldn't be the hopefully wouldn't be the case because there's a lot more voice actors out there. But <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, yeah, thinking positive, thinking positive. I, I can tell you, yeah, voice acting. But you know, anybody listening, going, oh yeah, I'd love to be a voice actor. Blah blah blah. Be mindful. It's an extremely crowded market, mm. and it's an extremely competitive market. You know, and and the the animation and video game part of what we do is 
mind-bogglingly competitive. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, that, and you've got to remember that you get turned down 200 times before you get picked. You know, so if you want to be a voice actor, be prepared to put in the hard yards. Yeah. You know? That's some good advice. So if anyone is looking, there you go. There's there's your bit of advice I'm not from saying that just so that people don't come and be competitive with me. You know, oh no, yeah. Yeah, I'm, better than, I'm better than that, Ian Russell. I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, you're like I've been in this game for. Actually, well, I mean, you've got, how long has it been now since you started voice acting? Because it hasn't been very Six long. Years. I keep seven years. Ah, uh, okay. Six years. Six well, years. Well, it depends on where you draw the start line from, doesn't it? Really. Um, so in one sense eight years because in 2012 um christmas 2012 was when my wife bought me as a christmas present um a a, a one day introduction to voiceover um workshop hmm. you know because i was the guy that sits around the dinner table doing silly voices you know i was that guy <laughs> and now it's your job <laughs> yeah right right Right, little yeah. If she only knew what she was getting herself into, oh, um, imagine. So, so uh, that's where it kind of all started. I mean, clearly from our previous conversation, I'd done a bit of acting in the past, and I do describe myself sometimes as a failed stage actor. You know, couldn't make that pay, um, and um, so I went and got a proper job in in many ways. And um, uh, perhaps a transitioning live action actor as well. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. Should we? Should we Maybe. just uh, briefly touch on those uh, those YouTube videos as well? <laughs> I really want to because well, I, I know people are probably expecting me to get to the payday part at some point. Like we're already like we're we're about an hour in now already. So we? we'll get into the payday thing shortly in, in a, just a minute or two. But I do. Bad locks audition. Oh God, honestly. But but no. So there's been a couple of things on your YouTube channel you've uploaded. There was the Agent Simmons clip, and there's also the hit which were right. both live action things. So it wasn't yeah. just the British voice, it was the British face. So what's been going yeah. on there? <laughs> yeah, I've definitely got a face for radio, don't you think? Um, <laughs> so what's going on there? So, well, this is a payday story. Oh, there we go. Payday <laughs> content. We got it. Here we go. <laughs> um, so, the well, this, this all originates from the cutscenes at the end of the White House heist. Ah, okay. So there's the beach scene and the funeral scene, shall we say? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's, these are not. Uh, should we do spoiler alert just in case? I suppose. If you if, if you uh, don't know the ending of Payday at this point, then no, no, it's it's been it's been far too long. I, I don't care. I don't care. So, so you know the funeral scene where Bane dies. Uh... <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> well, he was dead at that point in that scene. In the ground. And it appears that Bane is dead. And we are burying him. Hmm. But in the other one, he is alive and he's the president, so... And the other one in which it appears that Bane might be alive and might be the president. I love I loved the it appears. <laughs> I love that. Well, you know, because you can read however you want. You can decide however you want. No, it's my way or the highway, Ian. Go with it. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> I, I, I bow to your greater knowledge of the canon. Thank you, sir. I'm probably wrong. So, okay, so, so, so I'm, I'm the whole thing with Locke, and uh, I've told about the progression of Locke before. You know about how he was once and done, and 
then they invited him back to do something and then I was on a stream and then I did an interview and then suddenly uh, there was the lock and load where where lock apparently betrays the gang and you think well that's lock done then isn't it and then I got so the psych got, I got <laughs> You know, I got that script and like locks abandoned them and you think, OK, well, that's locked done. And about five minutes later, I got a an email saying you might notice the script isn't that kind to lock. But don't worry, that's not the end of him was was broadly the story. And then a week later, um, I have a long conversation with them about, um, you know, becoming, if you like, the lock that we now know mm. uh, and love the, as the controller of the gang. Um. Uh, so we get to the White House heist and they're going to film these cutscenes. And um, it, it's pretty clear that they don't always use the voice actor as the live action actor. You know, yeah. Hop, for example, Dallas, for example. Um, so it was definitely not cut and dried that Ian Russell, Locke the voice, would become lock the person yeah uh, but there was a conversation um someone asked me could i grow a mustache <laughs> so that that led to me sending some photos some old photographs of me on stage uh one in a military uniform in a first world war one piece and another one in a, a pantomime with a mustache um demonstrating that I indeed could grow a moustache. Um, but there was clearly a debate uh, within Starbreeze as to whether I would be uh, offered that opportunity. But they did offer me the opportunity, so as we all know, that's history now. Yeah. So I knew that I was going to turn up on this film set and there were going to be proper actors there. You know? Mm. Ilya Volok, who's the Eastern European Russian bad guy in every movie you've ever watched. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, you know, Mira Furlan from, you know, Lost and Babylon 5. You know, the, uh, proper pucker actors. And there's me, you know, failed stage actor from 40 years ago, you know, some making his way voice actor from a box in the middle of nowhere. And so I, um, I made a connection with a guy uh, in my part of the world, in South Carolina, North Carolina, who runs a little acting school. This is a very long story leading onto these these scenes that you're talking it about. It is, yeah, but it's good. It gives context. It's, it's a good. payday link story, so I think it's worth telling. Um, so uh, I spoke to him and I said, look, I've, I've never, ever, ever in my life been in front of camera on a film set doing anything, and I don't want to turn up with these proper actors and not know what's going on. I yeah. don't want their jargon being bandied around that everybody else knows and I don't know. Yeah. You know, uh, so I went up once a week for six weeks to his acting studio and took private lessons with him, just getting used to the idea of being in front of a camera, getting used to the jargon. Um, so, for example, back to one, which I now use routinely, <laughs> is what they use on a film set when they've recorded a scene and they want to go and start again and do it again because something went wrong or they want to film it from a different angle or whatever. They say back to one. Okay. And I didn't know that, but now I know that. And that was important. Uh, so that, that led to that. At the end of my six weeks, 
uh, Murphy says to me, he says, do you not do any on-camera acting then? And I'm like, no. It's never really been something that, you know, I wanted to do, really. You know, you have yeah. to learn the lines, don't you? That's <laughs> 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 to make it sense. I just, I, I just want to be able to remember everything, to be honest with you. Uh, and he said, there's work for you in this part of the world. You know, there aren't many native British actors and they film lots of stuff here. You know, historical dramas involving, you know, the American War of Independence, stuff like that. He says, you'd work. And I'm like, so the business tart in me, you know, the, the moneymaker in me goes, well, maybe I'm missing a trick here. Yeah. So as a voice actor, you've got to have a voice reel, maybe backed up by video a.k.a. the video game compilation you put together for me. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, so in order, in order to, to promote yourself to agents and casting directors, you need to have content that you can show. Exactly, yeah. So I've got the, the two lock bits, you know, the funeral scene and the beach scene. Yeah. With a South African accent, which really isn't, you know, what I should be uh, focusing on as an actor, really. Mm. Um. Uh, so th there are businesses that will write and film scenes for you. And I have a voice actor lady friend who lives in Atlanta. And she said, I could use another scene for my reel. How do you fancy splitting the cost, going and filming a scene, and um, we can put it on our reels, which is the Agent Simmons. Agent Simmons cliff, yeah. Well, so if I remember correctly, you get your ass handed to you by a... <laughs> yeah, so so what we have there is is uh, Agent Simmons is is a bit bumbling, isn't he? You mm. know, he's he's not he, he's not the most efficient secret agent in the world, and she is his boss. So so that so we have that, um, and then a little while later, coming back to the actors. Uh, center the 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 um acting school that that i went and did my initial training with uh, he asked me if i would go and do some voice acting courses for him which i did and one of the people there um a, an actor um contacted me and said i've written a scene that i'd like to film would you like to be in it with me and he sent me the script and it's it's another sort of you know, drama, secret agency sort of script, isn't it? Mm. Um, uh, which is the hit. Links to both of these will be in the description of the YouTube video. And if you are listening via Spotify, just search up Ian Russell on YouTube. You'll see his YouTube channel. Uh, how many subscribers have you got? Let's just see. Me? I don't know. Currently 214. So that might be high <laughs> by the end of this. But it's got also a very... A very that tells you how much attention I pay to YouTube. A hundred and something. <laughs> it's hey, it's more the videos, to be fair. But like, well, if anyone wants to go and subscribe to him, you've got that lovely little moody photo of you as well as your picture, which you've recently changed. <laughs> Quite like. Yeah, yeah, my new headshot. I love that. That's that's a fantastic it's headshot. But um, yeah, so there's there's footage on there along with a bunch of other things that he's recorded over over the years. Yeah. Uh, or so, so, years said, so. so I said to Stephen, who's the bearded guy in in that. Yes. I said, yes, but only if I can be Gemini and and I can play him as a hard man. 
you know, as a... Yeah, that was creepy, seeing you do that intimidating. I was like, oh my God, like, this guy's bought me a drink and now he's threatening this guy's family. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, but it needed to, I, I had, it had to be significantly different to Agent Simmons. Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and, and you pulled that off, definitely. It, it couldn't be, you know, a gentle hit being going down, you know, almost, you could have almost made it a little comic. But uh, it it had to be it had to be threatening. It had to be very different, very competent, mm. very in charge. You know, whereas Agent Simmons is incompetent and not in charge. Yeah. Um, so the story about the hit then taking that on just the next the next step. So Stephen, unbeknownst to me, submits it to a festival, to a film festival. All right. And the hit is nominated as best drama. Really? What film festival? Yeah. yeah, and I am nominated Best Supporting Actor. Oh my god, what film festival is it for, do you know? It was called the Sapphire Film Festival. I feel it's like I actually might have heard of that. So, I didn't win, but I was nominated as Best Supporting Actor for this little scene that I did. So, um, uh, so that, that's the, the... So I just told you, I think, earlier there was a story about the hit. So all this happened about the festival and the nomination and all of that. And I didn't know. Wow. It was a thing where he sent me a Facebook messenger and he said, congratulations. And I'm like, ah, oh, really? Cool. That's fantastic. <laughs> so uh, so that's where that comes from. So you're so going to doing my, more uh, of those then in the future, I presume? Um, well, I need, I need a full... Re- so th- this is all, you know, I'm kind of playing at it. Voice acting takes up a great deal of my time mm. so on camera is it's not exactly a hobby because i expect to you know if i'm cast for something i kind of expect to be paid for it but you still i've got to have a reel and i don't have a reel i don't have enough content for a reel yeah so i'm still gathering content um but then like again out of the blue yesterday evening again i, I mentioned this to you this put put a little spanner in the works for today but um uh, a, a casting director approached me directly to be to play the role of a patient in a sort of what they call industrial so a training video yeah as a british patient who who has pancreatic cancer so i had to learn the lines and record so he was texting me at nine o'clock last night uh, and asking if i could have this learnt recorded edited and back to him by midday um and i just noticed here it's 1205 here but i have I've, it's done and sent so phew <laughs> I wouldn't want to have got you into trouble for that. Good grief. Yeah. Well, obviously, the lock scenes were, were paid content. So this, if I get cast, this could be my first, what I would call on-camp, where I've actually, you know, fought for it, you know, auditioned for it. Yeah, that's Because I didn't audition for that, did I? I was already lock. Mm. You know, they just said, would you like to be in it? And I said yes, and then panicked. Well, you could have said <laughs> about the last three years of voice acting, where you auditioned for it in an indirect way? Ha ha ha! Yeah, that's fair. Probably, yes. That's fair. <laughs> because, because if Locke, if Locke hadn't, if Locke's character hadn't developed, that wouldn't have happened, would it? And and I think the Payday community deserves a little bit of reflected glory because I think the Twitter account and the interaction with the community, and you know the fact that they seem to like Locke, I, I think that's that clearly is a flavour of that choice, isn't it? Yeah, completely. For which I'm very grateful. Thank you, Payday community. You're all lovely. Which is a very nice segue into what I would like to to close the uh, the podcast with, which is 
obviously we've talked a lot about payday things and if, if there's anyone listening who hasn't heard we have some interviews and just basically a lot of payday things on the channel which you can go and check out where we talk a lot more about payday too but what i want to ask you to close this off because we got to we got to sign a little bit of payday content in it obviously um mm. i want to shift direction a little bit because i don't know how aware you are but more recently there's been a few more bits of news coming out with regards to the next game payday 3 so they've talked a bit more about you know they've got a lot of their staff members now who are working on developing the game they've confirmed several platforms the game will be releasing on and they've also got an aim to release the game within the next two or three years my question is the first one which i almost know the answer is guaranteed anyway is do you know anything about it and are you willing to share it and because i know the answer is going to be to that i'll also follow up with do you have anything personally obviously that you haven't discussed with them is there anything personally you'd like to see in the game i think would be quite an interesting thing so over to you (laughs) tumbleweed Um... (laughs) oh god so um I, I, well, the first thing is, I don't, apart from what is public, uh, I, I really don't know much more than that. Okay. Um, I really don't. Um, I, th- I think that um, there is a high probability that um, at least some of the characters that you know and love from Payday 2 will will be in payday three mm. uh, will all of them be in it are they going to launch if you like a new game with i don't know how many playable heists there are now 20 or something i think it is you know probably probably not i think no i agree i definitely don't no. think they will why would you, why would you, probably not um so but i'm sure there will be familiarity because they'll need to They'll need to be that level of familiarity to for the existing, uh, however million number of millions of people who own Payday Two as a game, you know they'll want that familiarity when when the new game comes out. Yeah, a little bit of the old and then some more of the new. Exactly. Yeah. Will Lock be a part of that? I I honestly don't know. Would I like Lock to be a part of that? Sure as hell I would. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. Uh, I'd you love know, to see you come I back. I would. I, I, Locke is is a recurring part of my life now, whether I like it or not. You know, I spend time on on Locke's Twitter most days. You know. Yeah. And I love that part. You know, of of the of the business that 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 I find myself in, and I think the payday community. And I'm not saying this just because I'm involved with it. But I think the payday community has got to be one of the most loyal, engaged gaming communities that exists. It you know, really this... is. It really is. It's a fantastic community. I know it there is. are a lot of people like me that want to see you return, which would be which would be ideal, really. Because I think as well, they've set it up so well. Obviously, you don't have to <laughs> give comments on this. This is just how I feel. But I think personally, because obviously the way Payday 2 started off, it was very much Bane-centric and, you know, he was there for so many years. And I think the way that they've shifted the focus now and brought you in leaves, personally for me, you on a really good precipice to, to take that mantle and carry on into the next game. And I, I really, really do hope that they, even if not entirely, if like, I mean, I don't know what their plan is, but at least in some way, I think, it would be a shame if, if at least not in some form they then brought you back and allowed you to carry on because I think they've left Locke in such a good position that it would be a waste for them not to, I believe, personally. 
Yeah, I mean, I think there are. I think there are there are there are things that from you know because there's now the you know the 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 new content that that's being written the the Silk Road part of it you know the Mexico yeah. part of it. Um, there are things that Locke says. There are lines that he says that that suggest that he's aligned with the gang more strongly. Mm. Um, in I think in the last heist he, he says something like my boys will take care of it or something like that yeah don't worry my boys are up for it you know we can we'll take care of it don't worry or something like he says something like that and and I don't know if is that is that you know a subtle hint yeah or, beginning or, to tease it, you know yeah I, I but I, I genuinely genuinely don't know um, and it again i alluded to this earlier um it is very rare very unusual for a game to announce exactly what's going to happen who's going to be what before they're ready to release yeah i was going to say like i think even like from a voice actor's perspective you probably won't if you're going to be back in it you probably wouldn't be asked until a lot close to the game's release i would imagine it pretty commonly pretty commonly i'll get the script for Locke or for any other game for that matter actually any other job for that matter um, the day before there you go you know um, sometimes you you even see rewrites happening in (laughs) mid-session I I recorded a TV commercial Um, there's a you're talking about my YouTube channel so the the submission for uh, voice of the year for 2020 mm. uh, which has a, a Scottish accented recording of a light bulb oh is um, it there I can see OVO of the year 2020 yeah yeah it's a little cartoon sort of fairy tale where yeah they're encouraging people to use LED light bulbs you know long life light bulbs anyway um, we were rec- we recorded multiple versions of that for, for different different things and there was one bit where um where the script was it was just too long yeah you know there were too many words you can only fit so many words in a certain amount of time and it was just not working and the copywriter was was in on the call and he rewrote part of the script mid-session you know they said hang on just wait there we'll be back in 10 minutes and so everything goes quiet and i'm just stood in in this, this was recorded at an external studio, and I'm just stood in the studio wondering, you know, are we still connected? What's going to happen? It was at the end. Are they discussing whether, you know, uh, I'm good enough? Are they just going to say no? It's not working. We're going to hire someone else. You know, all these thoughts go through. <laughs> yeah. They come back and say, um, "Have you got a pen and pencil handy? We've rewritten the script." <laughs> oh God. Oh. So I'm generally then that's a what you call a cold read. I'm I'm performing the script as though it's as the most natural thing in the world and yet it's the first time these words have, have entered my eyeballs um, mm. and and you know that's again not completely unusual yeah that happened for endless space too when i was recording the cravers lines for that there was a lot of rewriting going on ah, okay. while that session was going on 
So, uh, so w- in conclusion, any any yeah. other requests, any other ideas, or anything you'd like to see in the game that you that you want to share? You might not have anything. I don't know. I mean, I know you don't play it a lot. But... I, 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 it's hard because as a voice actor, uh, and you've seen we've played Payday live for people. Yes, we have. And, and I'm clearly not very good at playing the game, uh, and I'm clearly unfamiliar with a lot of the content of the game because it doesn't impact on me you know day to day yeah you know such as what's your favorite build i'm like i have no idea (laughs) slightly muscular uh (laughs) more muscular than more buff than i actually am of course (laughs) um uh, so what would i like to see well you know what i'd like to see i'd like to see it transition successfully i'd like it good answer star star breeze has been through a lot of shit. Yeah. If I can say that word. Well, you and, can now. You've just said. And, <laughs> right. And and kind of not necessarily all of their own making. And no. and I have working relationships with a lot of the staff there. And and I really feel for them. Mm. You know, they, they, they've been through and they've continued working and, and putting out content, maybe not knowing whether they would still have you know a job next week yeah and and it would it would have been very easy for many of the of the of the influential people to just walk away and go i'm not dealing with this i'm going to walk away and i'm going to get a job with some other video game studio you know and, mm. and they didn't and they've worked through it and they're coming out the other side and and i really 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 hope that that the new leadership at Starbreeze helps bring Payday 3 to a successful launch because that'd be good. You and me both. Here, here. That's and, a fantastic thing to, you know, to sum it up on. And I'd love to be in it. Anyone's listening? Mikhail, I'd like to be in it. Get him in okay. it. Get him in it. Yes, I'll be sharing. I'm, I'll, don't worry. I'll be making sure they hear this because obviously it's 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 with, with a Payday person. It's with a Payday person. I want them to know. Right. So yeah, get him in it. Get him in it. Um, so, but yeah, that's a good way to end it off. I agree. You have to remember that there may be other ex. That, that when you're launching a video game, there's all sorts of people that are involved, mm. not just Starbreeze. There are other external, you know, people that that may exert control, and and the decision may be taken out of their hands. Somebody at at Starbreeze might go, "Locks my man. I want him in it," and some external party might go, "If you want our X millions of dollars, it." it he can't be in it, you know. Yeah. He's not enough or whatever, you know. The, the world is littered. I read the other day, so um, Apocalypse Now, um, Mar- um, which Sheen was it? Martin Sheen? Martin Sheen. I have no idea. So, <laughs> I've heard of Apocalypse Now, but... Right, so originally Harvey Keitel was going to be the lead in in Apocalypse Now, but eventually he was dropped and Martin Sheen was, was put in it. And, you know, who knows? I don't know why or whatever that happened, but there's a major significant actor, you know, being dropped probably through no fault of his own in favor of someone else because some moneymaker person decided it was going to be that way. You know, who knows? I don't know if that's the story, but, but you know, Hollywood's littered with that. Well, let's hope that, that doesn't happen with you. Well, you know, I, I, I would love to continue to be Locke you know for as long as anybody wants me yeah but 
you know, one day it'll one day it'll come to an end. One day, but let's not. Let's one, hope it's not too soon, eh? You know, one day I'll die. <laughs> you know, I won't be here anymore, Jeez. and then that'll be it. You know. And on that note, thank you everybody for listening. <laughs> Perfect way. On the note of dying. <laughs> yeah. My. my yeah so my dad who passed away recently made it to 95 so i have decent longevity genes so i hope i'll be around for a while i hope so tim and i'm sure everyone else does as well but uh yeah go on. i think that's probably a good place to end it maybe not on the most yeah. positive <laughs> no yeah just so on the topic of death thanks for watching the uh, the very first episode <laughs> or thanks for listening to the very first episode of the redcast god imagine if i never made another episode now after that do you know about did you see the news about the the um that looks like there's going to be a spider woman movie i have heard whispers about it but i haven't seen a lot about it yeah so um uh, both sony and marvel have been dropping hints and mm. uh, a director lady who the same director who directed book smart but i can't remember her name um uh, uh, uh retweeted sony's one with a spider emoji Ooh. So, what does that tell you? I have to look into it. I'm excited. That sounds good. We'll see. Yeah, yeah on the news this morning. So, I know you're into all the whole you know, Marvel. <laughs> I'll be doing my digging. I'll be doing my digging now and finding out. That'll be great. Oh. See, look, has his contacts. He knows many things. He knows many things. <laughs> and he checks Twitter. <laughs> I'll check Twitter once in a while. There we go. Right, so thank you very much, Ian, for being on. I really, really do appreciate it. Um, and thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. If you have enjoyed it, if you're listening on YouTube, you know the usual things you can do. You can leave a like on the video and subscribe if you're new and you want to listen to more episodes. And on Spotify, I what do you do with podcasts on Spotify? You save them, don't you? Or you like them. I think you like them. Whatever you can do, do that too. I'm very professional. I don't use a lot of Spotify. I'm new to Spotify, so <laughs> bear with me on that. Um, but thank you all very much. I really do appreciate you all listening. And we'll be back if with a... You know more about what Locke is doing, follow him on Twitter. Exactly. Sorry, of course. I was going to slide that in and it escaped my mind. Yes, at Locke Payday over on Twitter. Make sure you go give him a follow. How many followers are you at now? Uh, it, it just tipped over 8,500 today. Ooh, let's get you to 10,000. Forget nine, get you to 10. <laughs> well, I do tend to try and reward the community at nice big round numbers. So 9,000 would be the obvious next one, but... Uh, I guess 10,000 is now see a while ago we were at like I don't know 1500 or 2000 or something and someone was quipping about about 10,000 and I thought oh, that'll never happen but I think 10,000 is now within reach radar. yeah definitely well we'll get you there very soon then we'll see what you can cook up for it but until then thank you very much for being here and thank you everyone for listening I will see you all with a brand new episode of the Redcast in roughly two weeks' time. As I said at the start, these episodes will be going up live on YouTube and Spotify, but if you do want 48 hours early access, head over to patreon.com slash redarcherlive, and if you fancy pledging as little as a dollar, you'll get access to them two days early. But if not, like I said, YouTube and Spotify every two weeks. I'll see you all then. Until then, thanks for listening, and I'll see you all soon. And thank you, Ian, very much for being on. Much appreciated. You're very welcome. Bye-bye, everybody. See you later, everyone.